Hey, what's up, friends? It's Kenyon, and welcome to Evolution Ave, home of real estate evolved in the limitless mindset. Now, this is a special episode because I have a special guest. I have my man, Erica Dilly. Eric owns Fat Tomato, one of the hottest restaurants in South Jersey with a great family atmosphere, amazing culture, and amazing food. Trust me, I wouldn't steer you wrong. The topic of this episode is tough times don't last, but tough people do. How to navigate a small business through the pandemic and beyond. So, if you love the content, please like, subscribe, and share. But without further ado, let's get to the episode. What's up, friends? It's Kenyon, and welcome to the podcast. This is the Evolution Ave Podcast, home of real estate evolved in the limitless mindset. Now, listen, I have a great show in store. I have a very, very special guest. It's going to be an impactful show, a powerful show. Of course, we're always looking to bring you as much value as possible. So without further ado, please, everybody, welcome Eric Adili to the show, my guy. Thank you, man. What's going on, man? Nice to be here. Great for you to be here, man. So crazy story. Um, when I first moved to the area, uh, you know, my wife was like, oh, you, we have to go to Fat Tomato because she went to high school out here. Okay. And uh, she was like, we got to go to Fat Tomato. The food is amazing. So I think I walked into Fat Tomato, ran into you, you and I. I think every time I walk in, we at least have a 20 to 30 minute conversation about I whatever. feel bad every time because your, your <laughs> food is cold by the time you get home. <laughs> so, you know, I walk in and, and then every time we, we, we link up, it's just like, Dude, this is my guy, right? Yeah. Then, then, then we go to the same gym. We both go to Lifetime. Yep. We run into you there. Um, then you started Gourmet Games, which I definitely want you to talk more about. Yep. Uh, because I think, I don't even know how, we, I think you posted on Instagram. I'm like, bro, I'm literally looking for a meal plan, a meal prep plan right now. I'll tell you what's funny about, uh, well, we'll get back into it. But it literally started as a joke. <laughs> right? And then it morphed into a business. Okay. Which is kind of funny. But like, I'll, I'll talk about that later in the episode for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So, so I'm going to let Eric tell his story tell let him tell you about him and what he does uh what he believes in and just really share his story with you guys because i think that it's always important in especially in the entrepreneurship world the small business world big business world, whatever world you're in uh to understand how people uh started how they got where they are and then what they're looking at towards the future so uh eric is clearly one of my favorite entrepreneurs for selfish reasons because i love eating a fat tomato uh <laughs> and gourmet gains but um eric without further ado man tell us a little about yourself tell us what do you do name something you're super thankful for after that my name is eric obviously <laughs> but uh i'm 35 i operate and own um a restaurant called the fat tomato and it's in West Berlin, New Jersey. Um, and then, uh, part of that, I have a ghost kitchen that runs out of the same restaurant called uh, gourmet gains. As you talked about, it's a gluten-free, uh, meal prep company. And, um, I would say it's a little off the beaten path. It's not going to be entrepreneurial, but like the thing that I'm grateful for. And I was thinking about this, like on a deeper level, okay. like not just okay. like, you know, you know, uh, material things but i'm really grateful for music ah you know what about music what about music makes you grateful because i'm i love music too yeah i love it. i've just gotten into believe it or not because i read this i'm reading this book called limitless right mm -hmm. by jim quick really great book about like our brain being these supercomputers and how we don't use them enough yeah and he said one of the things that you should do 
is listen to Baroque music. Something mm. about Baroque music triggers you. But normally that's not my, my music. I listen to a, a lot of different genres. Yes. I'm, I'm a big music guy. Mm -hmm. I think music is like the ultimate mood shifter. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, like, well, so for me, um, I've been playing the piano since I was like six oh, wow. years old. Okay, didn't yep. know that. So, when, and I was trained like classically. So okay. classical music has always been a big part of my life. I listen to it all the time. So when oh. that guy's talking about listening to Baroque music, I know exactly what he's talking about. He's saying it like something about Baroque stimulates your brain, stimulates yeah. your thinking, oh. puts you in a very stress-free, calm-free mood. There is something about, there's something to be, well... I hate saying it because like I'll look at like uh, artists these days, right? And I'll pick and choose who's a real artist and who's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. when you have like the pop music and the, the stuff you hear on the radio. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, you know, it, it's still music. Yes. Um, but there's something to be said about like real classical instrumental music that He's right. It does hit you on a different level. It gets your brain thinking. I mean, there's a reason why they tell um, mothers that are pregnant to listen to classical music right. to calm their children, like in in the womb. Gotcha. Uh, like, um, there's something to be said about like uh, people who have like uh, more brain activity when they're listening to classical music. So he's probably on the money with that, okay. where it does like lead to you having more development or like you know a thinking pattern that changes okay. through listening to that. So, uh, yeah, like for selfish reasons, I love playing the piano and I love anything that has to do with the piano whatsoever. So you still play? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I play almost every day. Yeah. Wow. What does it do for you? For me, uh, so running businesses is hard. Everybody knows that. That's what we're here. It's to, not easy. We're, <laughs> we're not all just like fat cats that just like put our legs up on the table and right. smoke cigars all day. That's True. not True. that's not the real world. Right. You know, that's cartoons. Um, so for me, like having that outlet, I guess, is where it really benefits me. Because uh, when you're an entrepreneur or if you're, you're running a business or whatnot, a lot of things are dealt with on your own. Absolutely. And even managing, let's say, your emotions for things and stuff like that. So having that, like for me, that emotional outlet, that, that thing that I can like basically just like let loose and uh, let flow through music is that that's just like the best thing for me gotcha. yeah nice nice so that's a perfect segue into my next question so outside of business what are your passions so obviously the piano, piano. like making any kind of music like i uh, over the course of uh covid i got into like um bu uh, buying a um, a recording software for okay. my computer so that I could actually like plug in a piano and start recording my music because oh. like I never had really done that in the past um, like most of my most of my piano playing days like it was just me playing right. for me you know yeah. I took lessons since I was like 12 years old and only for like two years uh, because I kept getting better than all of my teachers right <laughs> I like no BS. I tell people this all the time. I'm like, you know, I might seem like a cocky person sometimes, but there's one thing that I know that I'm good at, and it is playing the piano. Now, did your parents push you into that? Or was that your interest? No. Uh, so my grandfather, or my great-grandfather, I should say, 
uh, played in the Benny Goodman Orchestra. Okay. So this was like a, you know, a big band era type stuff. Him and his brother were both part of that band. And like, so they're, they're real musicians. In fact, they're pretty like uh, famous when it comes to like local musicians in Philadelphia. Okay. They, uh, they opened up Pat's and Gino's Steaks by playing like outside of their places, like when they first opened. Like, so like music like that goes back in my family uh, a, a long ways. So when I was younger, like I was like six years old, maybe five, six years old. My dad would take us to like uh, go see Disney movies and stuff like right. that. Right. I would come home from the uh, the movie and be able to play the theme song on the piano by just hearing it. And that's how I play to this day. If I hear something, I can play it. Um, Dude, are you sure you're supposed to be running? Uh, a restaurant. <laughs> well, it's it's. I mean, who are we it's sitting, funny. Who are we sitting down with right here? It's funny. I've run <laughs> I've run into like guys who are like music producers and stuff right. like that because I used to go to um, I used to go to Guitar Center when I was younger. Okay. And just to mess around just to on hang out, the right? pianos that I couldn't afford yet. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, these are these are awesome. Like I, I love the sounds that these make. Whatever. And uh, I ran into like some producers. One producer I ran into, he worked with Pharrell, and uh, he gave me his number. And he's, I gave him mine and he said, I'm going to call you. I'm doing stuff up in New York City. I want you to come and just like, you know, just play Hang around, whatever. It, right? And uh, I missed this phone call and I never got in touch with him again, which was kind of like a, a little letdown in my life. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It, it, it'll all come back around one way or the other. It is. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. So, so we're, this is like perfect segues. So next question. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was uh, younger, uh, even in like high school and stuff like that, I wanted to be uh, a journalist. I like okay. I, I liked sports. I wanted to like be a, like a sports writer type thing. I remember when I freshly graduated uh, high school. Um, you know, I had started going to college like very minimally, but um, for me, I, like when it comes to schooling, I should say, I'm very like, do I really need this or right. do I not? Well, and especially with something like the written word, like, can you write or can you not, you know? And a lot of things like that kids go to school for these days. I'm like, do you really need a degree for that or do you not? Like, you either can do it or you can't, you know what I mean? And yeah, some, some amount of training will get you a little further, sure. perhaps. But like when it comes to like the arts, anything that has to do artistically, it's like you're either artistic or you're not, you know? I don't, I don't feel, I didn't feel the reason to like keep going that way. Um, but I like canvassed all these, uh, these local newspapers to try and get a job and I just, I never could. So like, it was like one of those things where I kind of ran into the whole, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know right. type thing. And I didn't know anybody in that field, like, right. cause all my family was in like restaurants okay. and that's pretty much it, you know? So, gotcha. Yeah. I think the miseducational system misguides a lot of us, unfortunately, but that's a whole nother episode and conversation that, that is. maybe you and I can talk about that. We'll, we'll have a, an episode about the, 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 the miseducational system because our, our educational system here is definitely broken. Cause you know, just to tap on a little bit, I agree with you, unless you're going to be a doctor an attorney, look, there's certain things that you yeah. do need school for, mm -hmm. but a lot of times I think that that we miss out on our blessing, our dream, our real passion oh, yeah. is because we're taught to go to school, go to college, get in debt, yeah. get a job to pay off that debt for 30 years. And we're kind of backwards, right? I'm like, I'm faced with it all the time because like there is like a segment of my uh, staff that is always revolving sure. that are younger kids, right. you know? So, I, you know, and as time has gone on, I've 
slowly became the younger kid to now like, you know, a middle-aged <laughs> man where like these kids are still the same age right. coming in and I'm looking at them and I'm like, you're in how much debt? Like, like who of us would want to go into that much debt at such a young age right. and not even know what we really want to do with our lives? Like, I've seen so many kids that get the, the piece of paper and then end up never doing that career. My major was political science. And nowadays I'm a real estate professional and you exactly. know, tech entrepreneur. Uh, I, I have nothing to do with it. Shout out to your staff, by the way. That was one of the other things. When I first came to Fat Tomato, uh, I came home and I said, wow, everybody there is super nice. Like you could just tell it's a, it's a, it's a family establishment, yep. uh, good people. Just that even, did I ever tell you about the one time? This is a funny story. It was snowing out, right? Okay. It was starting to snow, or maybe it was raining. Right. And I came in. It was at night. It was a Friday night, typical pizza night. And um, I guess whoever came in before me, they must have pulled the, uh, the, the foot carpet. Okay. And I came in, and I slipped. <laughs> Did they tell you about that? No. Did you ever hear about that? No. So you guys were packed on a typical Friday night. You're, okay. you're packed. I walk in, and I'm like, oh, I can't. There's no... Uh, thing to wipe my feet. Mm-hmm. What happened was, like, whoever came in, they must have wiped their feet and they pushed it oh, forward. Man. So I came and I had these duck boots on. And I just was like, "Whoa!" I think mm-hmm. your sister might have been there that night, and Probably. she was like, "Are you?" I, you know, I, I popped right up, like, you know, that those right, right. Where like, whoop, whoop, like, a, like almost like I was breakdance, like I popped right up, mm-hmm. and your sister's like, "Ken, are you all right?" I'm like, "I'm, I'm great, I'm great," but the whole restaurant was literally looking at me, <laughs> and I'm literally like. Where's my pizza? Let me get out of here. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, no, but, but, like, but even I think she, I think she even texted me the next day, or she sent me a DM the next day, like, yeah. "Ken, you're all right, right?" I'm like, "Trust me, I'm good." I just, I, it was an easy slip, yeah. And it was a slow, one of the slow motion slips too. It was one of the ones. It wasn't like I slipped and like, pow. It was like I slipped and then, you know how you're slipping, you're trying to catch yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like slow motion, like, "Oh, I'm slipping." Yeah. And I, it's almost like I kind of leaned onto the ground. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> But everybody was like super cool. You could tell, even like some of the customers. I think the like, older lady that was oh, sitting yeah. down, she's like, "Sweetheart, you're okay, right?" I'm like, "I'm good, thank you so much." But um, yeah, well, I appreciate. Funny story. I, no, I, I, I appreciate that though. Like, I like that when I hear like the the staff is like yeah, awesome happy staff. and like you know they treat everybody with kindness. Like, because we get a lot of compliments like that a lot. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things that like stop. It starts from the top down. Like my mom and dad were always that way. Yeah. You know, with the staff. So it's like. If you treat your people good, they're going to treat your customers good. And yeah, that's just the way the progression goes. Yeah, leadership is, is from the top down. Culture is from the top down. I think that's mm-hmm. what's missing in a lot of big corporate these days, a oh, lot yeah. of organizations, period. Um, you just don't get that. So, it, 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 I mean, even the days you're not there when I come to pick up my gourmet mm-hmm. gains and typically um, either your sister or uh, what's her name? Uh, I know her name. I'm having a brain fart. Uh, uh, well, Haley's there now, but it used to be Gianna. Gianna, Gianna was always there. Mm-hmm. But even then, I would come in there. I would probably spend 20 minutes just talking to Gianna, talking to mm-hmm. Alex, um, talking to my, the guy, my man with the mustache. Um, oh, Juan, yeah. Juan, mm-hmm. talking to Juan, just saying what's up to everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's just that type of welcoming atmosphere, man. So you guys have a great thing going over there. Thank you. Um, so selfishly, I'm glad. Um, I'm not glad you didn't pursue your musical career because sound you your sound we have a musical genius sitting here right now. Well, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to toot my own horn, but probably. But like at the same time, the whole thing with uh, music for me though is like that's the outlet for me. Right. I think once it would become, let's say, Work. a job or something like that, I don't know if the satisfaction of it would be the same. Even if you were making money doing right. something like that as a passion, I think some passions are worth keeping to yourself you know what I mean I think I find that with athletes too because sometimes I look at athletes I'm like look at these guys complaining about 
you know, you're making 30 million, they're complaining that they're not getting 35 million. And I'm like, right. you're getting paid to play a game, but I forget, right? I yeah. forget because it's a job to them as well. It's a business. So yeah. part of the passion from being an athlete is not there anymore because it's so business oriented. Not everybody likes going to work right. every day. Right. And when it becomes a job, it changes. Because I can remember playing, you know, I played sports as a kid and all throughout high school. And mm -hmm. my favorite sport was football. I remember when playing like um, I was I grew up in Trenton and we were called the Trenton Tornadoes is our high school football team. So mm -hmm. before that, you played for the little tornadoes. Nothing was more fun in the world than being a little tornado when I mean, we were winning, too. So winning is always fun. Right. right. But nothing was more fun because the pressure wasn't there. Right. Right. And then I noticed the, in high school every year, it just got like, you know, freshmen to junior varsity and varsity mm -hmm. it just got more and more intense where i know how the fun goes away because the pressure's on right you lose one game you might not go to the playoffs that's you don't win the state championship you don't win a division yeah that mentality is what kept me from playing in high school yeah is because i'm not one of those people where it's like if you put the fire under me like i'm gonna start performing even better right no right i'll be like uh I'll stand in this fire all day long. Yeah. I'm not going to move. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's not my reason for motivation. And gotcha. that's kind of like how our coaches were back then. And so, but I was always like maybe one of the top five biggest kids in the class, right. you know, growing up. And uh, they would always be like, you coming out this year? You coming out this year? <laughs> no, I'm not coming out this year because right. you're insane. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like running in August. That's right. not my thing, dog. <laughs> like, it's just funny that that's how it was, but. Yeah, yeah. Let's get back to, to, to the entrepreneur side. So Fat Tomato, uh, how did it get started? And was that your first venture? So uh, technically, yes. Okay. Yeah, it was my first like business that I, you know, took over and everything like that. My parents are the ones that started it. Um, you know, my father had moved from, well, he's originally from Albania. Okay. And then they, when they immigrated to, um, you know, the United States uh, back in like the 60s, they had a restaurant or a bakery, I should say, in New York City, in like Queens. And then that slowly morphed into them selling uh, pizza as well. Okay. Which became like um, the, uh, the sauce recipe for the pizza is still the same one we use today, but it wasn't my, it wasn't my Babo's, it was uh, my Nana's. Wow. So okay. we still use Nana's recipe to this day. Uh, and I think my uncles do too, because they, my dad um, eventually moved from New York City down to South Jersey. And started the first uh, King of Pizza. Your dad is one of the, the founders of King of Pizza. Right. And okay. so. Which that, is a South Jersey staple for the people who are not from this right. area. Yeah. Long time. And uh, his brother still owned the one in Gloucester. Okay. So, uh, so they're, they're are, they, are those franchises? Like there's Cherry Hill, there's Berlin. Right. There's different. There's ones that are owned by like, you know, a group of families or right. like a family and whatnot. And uh, then my uncles own one of the original one original. that is the one in Gloucester is over there, there like on time. that 130 bypass yep. okay mm -hmm. gotcha gotcha yeah so but yeah you're right like some of them are owned in like a franchise okay. way yeah gotcha um but then um and then my dad you know broke off he opened up a place called or not I'm sorry he uh, bought a place in Cherry Hill called Michelangelo's then we owned another place called Palumbo's that was in Cinnaminson for okay. years and then uh, finally, our, they moved out here to West Berlin after they had sold Palumbo's and we opened up the, the Fat Tomato. Oh, sweet, so, yeah. sweet. And I noticed when your mom comes to town, right, mm -hmm. desserts are on deck. Special desserts, because you oh, always yeah. post that. I know I picked that up like, mom's in town, guess what's, guess what's on deck? 
That was like, if, if anyone's going to have a passion, that was her passion. Okay. She wanted to be like a pastry chef okay. like growing up. Um, so that's, so that's why you had, they had the bakery? Yeah. Well, no, no. She was separate. Like, um, it's kind of funny. Like, back when my dad opened up the King of Pizza, uh, my mom had worked for him as a uh, waitress. And she was actually engaged to somebody else, <laughs> which is hilarious. How love happens, but man. But the, the, the story goes is that my dad would always be like, you know, come on, Sue, you want to go out sometime? Right, like, what's right. What's the big deal? Oh, you know? he, 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 he knew what like, he was doing. Little things, little peppering things here and there, right, you right. know. And then, uh, uh, you know, eventually she was just like, I feel more feelings for him than I do the guy that I'm with. Hey, and man, I, I was can't, like, can't stop whatever. love, man. That's how it works. That's so, how it works. That's how it happens. Yeah. Awesome, man. Look, once again, I just can't give enough kudos, man. You guys have a great family feel, family run business, and it's just a pleasure to be there. So thank you. If you're in the area, if in the South Jersey area, you have to go to Fat Tomato. Uh, we'll have an ad running during the podcast, too. But just let, I'm the, trust me on this one. You know, I won't steer you wrong. So let's get into this, man. Um, tell me about when the pandemic hit, man, how, what was your reaction? What was the sentiment? How was, cause I know that was a tough time for all business owners. And yeah. I have a lot of friends in the restaurant industry. So, you know, I, I kind of felt a lot of their pain, uh, gained a lot of weight during the pandemic cause I was trying to support all my friends, uh, restaurant businesses. <laughs> Everyone <too>. did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, tell me how, how that felt and, and, you know, give me some insight on that. It was, uh, it was, well, First of all, it started off, remember, we thought it was going to be two weeks, right? right? Yeah. So I didn't think anything of it in the beginning. I, I was just like, oh, well, all right, two weeks is not that big of a deal. Like, right. We still have like food that is going to be able to be delivered or whatnot. Right. So, you know, it is what it is. So um, for us, you know, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be as big as what it ended up being. Okay. Um, but even in the beginning, let's say the first six months of it, uh, again, we have the kind of food where it delivers well uh, and people get it anyway, uh, delivery. So that really didn't change that much. It wasn't until like where uh, things changed where like, you know, uh, you could have outdoor dining right. and we didn't have that. So now you have this like uneven playing field now of where certain people have a leg up to other restaurants. And so that was the differentiating factor right there where we had to come up with like an idea of like, how do we keep people that want to like go out and sit down somewhere now from not doing that and still ordering from us or right. whatnot and, you know, keeping all the staff and everything like that. Like we had to change, you know, the way we were paying everybody because like you're making less like in, you know, some money is better than no money. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? True. True. So um, we, we, you know, we had to switch hours up. Uh, the way we price things, the offers that we were giving, like even with like, uh, you know, um, discounts that we were giving to people because like everybody was falling on tough times right. at that point. So it was like, how do you give back to the community and keep going, but also, you know, still try and remain as profitable as possible? Luckily, like I'm not um, foolish with the money or anything like right. that. Like I saved a lot just in case of a rainy day. So, sure. and it, and I'm, it was thankful that I did that because we did have to like tap into some of our own money to keep right. it afloat. Keep so, cause then the price of food, everything went up, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, things went up. Um, and, and even recently, obviously now everybody's dealing with inflation. Right. So like it's gone even more, uh, upward than usual, let's say, uh, than in the past. But, you know, you know, everything with this business in particular, because I can only speak to mine, is um, you have to just adapt, you right. know. 
there's like business doesn't just stop because you don't know what to do and people look to you to know what to do all the time and if your staff doesn't feel like you know what you're doing it's going to be very hard for them to follow you into you know i hate saying it but like into battle almost you know what i mean like you're going to have to be the one that knows what they're doing in fact when everything happened like um my father uh passed away right before COVID happened right right so it was like one of those things where i'm dealing with something that's unprecedented and i also have the person that knew as much as I did, if not more about the restaurant business. And I couldn't ask them any questions about like what we should do. Right. So it was like a very like, you know, fight or flight type of uh, situation for me uh, growing up in the business. No one had ever dealt with anything right. like no. that before. Yeah. Yeah. So thankfully we survived it though. You know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause you actually touched on a lot of the things that I was uh, going to ask about what was your game plan. And you kind of touched on how you navigated through that. Um, what I really like is, you know, you talked about leadership. This is what I, so me being, I've been in sales pretty much all my life, mm-hmm. right? Since when I was in high school, I worked at circuit city, right? I had to run from football practice and go work at circuit city. I was selling these cell phones when they were a dollar a minute, but I was also in uh, Princeton, New Jersey, where people could afford to yeah. come buy a cell phone and spend a dollar a minute on it. And then uh, in college, I worked at CarMax. So I sold cars. Okay. Um, and it wasn't because I love sales. I just love people. I do mm-hmm. love sales, but I, I love people more. Right. Mm-hmm. So my big thing was always you chase people, not money. Right. Because Absolutely. When you chase people, you eventually get to the money. You chase mm-hmm. people to help people and you get to it. Um, but in the business world, entrepreneurship and sales, what I've noticed that's missing is leadership. Right. Mm-hmm. Leadership isn't the way it used to be. A lot of times. And I love Simon Sinek because he talks about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Leadership these days expects a certain output from people, but they don't give the input to get that output anymore. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like numbers, results. And I'm going to do that by basically saying, if you don't do it, it's a problem. Right. Right. So I love the fact that, you know, you cared about your people. uh, You had a leadership mentality through the whole thing because you stood strong because, like you said, it's a top down approach. Right. It comes. Everything comes from the top down. So, you know, I really like that. What's up, friends? It's Kenyon of the Wolfpack at EXP Realty. Listen, if you're an experienced agent looking to do three to five more deals per month by using modern strategies like social media and building your brand, or if you're looking to build a team, maybe you're looking to add an additional revenue stream by helping other agents be successful just because you love doing that, or you're simply trying to make more money doing the same thing you do day in and day out, we should talk. If you're a new agent ready to commit to learning how to become a rockstar agent and executing day in and day out, mastering the art of being a dual career agent and earning an additional six figures every year and becoming the go-to real estate pro in your area, we should talk too. Oh, and by the way, collaborate with some of the highest earning agents around the globe, free coaching, dynamic masterminds, all with no coaching fees and no additional splits. Book a 30-minute meeting with me and let's discuss your options. The Wolfpack may or may not be for you, but at least you'll understand why over 140-plus agents join us every single month. And you'll understand why I'm one of the greatest motivators of all time. Talk soon. Friends, thanks for listening. Please reach me at realestateagent007 on Instagram. There is a link in my profile so you can set up a 30-minute call. Or just feel free to reach me at Kenyon at KenyonHunter.com. Y'all stay super blessed. So, so Eric, what's your business in the overall market you're in look like today? I would say that uh, today, moving forward, you know, the market is definitely dealing with its own bouts with inflation and things like that. Um, You know, it's hard for any small business to operate and not know their exact costs for things. Right. 
because uh, you just want to make sure that you're like where you need to be to make a profit, but also at the same time, you don't want to feel like you're gouging your customers, Absolutely. you know? Um, so it's like, you know, it's definitely like a fine line of a, of a dance type deal right now. Um, but moving forward, I, I, I feel like, you know, it's either going to make or break, you know, it, like <laughs> we're teetering on an edge where like, if the consumer cannot afford it anymore, well, then they're not going to buy it anymore. Right. And that goes with everything. So, you know, I feel like, you know, we're just all out here waiting for that shoe to drop type deal where you're kind of like un unaware of what's going to happen in the future. I mean, right. we always are. Sure. But like prediction wise, you know, it doesn't look the best, but hopefully we get through it. I how mean, do, how do you we'll deal see. with that? Like, is like, you know, I'm a big mindset guy. Like, how do you deal with that? Like, what's your, what's your mindset? For me, I kind of just like go with the flow you okay. know i'm i'm more of like an in the moment person right i'll be honest with you like when it comes to like planning out the future and things like that uh, you know i do the best i can for certain things but other things I, you know i'll just like take it as it comes you know and and deal with it i'm i'm much better at in the moment uh if like a house is on fire type thing right. figuring it out real quick uh rather than like planning it out way in advance and having like this procedure, that procedure in case this happens or that happens. So, you know, I'm more of like a wait and see at this point to see what happens in the future for it all. Yeah, but. absolutely. So talk to this a little bit. There's a lot of people out there that want to be entrepreneurs. They want to become a small business. Mm -hmm. Just give your insight. I mean, you're a, a veteran in the small business world, a veteran entrepreneur. Now, what insight would you give somebody that's looking to start to become an entrepreneur? to start a small business, whether it's a restaurant or whether it's any small business, right? Because business is business. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have an expertise in the, the restaurant industry, um, a genius musician once again. But uh, what advice, what insight, what would you tell that up and coming or that person considering becoming an entrepreneur, becoming a restaurateur, or just any small business for that matter? I would say, you know, first thing you have to do is be honest with yourself. You know, um, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, right, you know, right. being a business owner of any kind. Uh, there's a lot of like, uh, let's, let's just say it's lonely at the top. That's a, that's a, like a, you know, a proverb we've all heard before, but like, it's true. Like there is, no one is going to be, um, lauding you for any successes that you have. Right. And every failure that you have will be in your face and promoted in your face. Gotcha. Like that's just the way it goes. So you have to be able to be the kind of person who can like uh, rise above those kind of like pressures. Um, so I would say, you know, being introspective enough to know that you have those kind of strengths as a personality to be able to deal with that kind of pressure is the first thing you have to do. And the second thing you have to do, you have to be passionate about what you're doing because otherwise you're not going to want to get up every day and do it. Right. And you literally have to show up every day. I may not work at the restaurant certain days, sure, but you best believe I am still working right, on involved. the restaurant, like, or business in general. There's always something that I'm doing every single day for that business to gotcha. continue. Gotcha. You're involved. What would you say, what's the future of, of, of business, right? Is it social media? Um, you know where I'm going with that? Like, what do you say, what's key these days with it? Like, I'm a big social media guy. I, yeah. I use, like, I use Instagram and, and, and social media avenues as a platform, especially in real estate, mm -hmm. um, especially with helping agents and reaching out to agents, but just helping people in general, being a, a, a speaker and motivator. What, what, what does the future look like for, for your business, for small business, the overall market? 
This might be a little out there uh, for right now, but I think COVID showed us that people are more, some people are more okay with being at home, you know, <laughs> right. being internal and, you know, like living their lives online, you know, online shopping was huge. Uh, all yeah. these kind of things that you did, like people were uh, like people still working from home right. and not going to the office. So um, I know it's been thrown around a lot in a negative way, but like the metaverse is a thing that's coming out like eventually. Will I don't, people come the fat, the fat tomato in the metaverse? Well, so it's funny. I started like learning how to build, um, what do you call it? Um, it's like 3D models. Right. That's supposed to be like On, a new thing. Yeah. So I was like the first thing I was trying to build was my exact restaurant, like exact online to make like basically a store that you would go to. You would order like you right. were like in a universe of some sort and, you know, a delivery would come to your house like in real life. Yeah. Okay. But like in the metaverse, you would go up to the counter just like anything right. else order like you were there. And then the food would arrive at your house. So Haley will have her avatar in the metaverse. I'd come to Fat Tomato, right. have my small talk with Haley, leave with my gourmet games. Like you never know. Like that might actually happen. Yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous, but there's a lot of things that sounded ridiculous Everything before. Everything sounded ridiculous. Flying sounded ridiculous. Right. Right. So um, it's like you can't say that one thing won't happen. Right. And another thing will because it seems more feasible. Sure. Like, if this does happen, you best be you best believe that. Uh, the big corporations are going to have enough money to do right. it, right? right? Or pay someone to do it. And the little guys like, uh, you know, me and you or, you know, entrepreneurial, you're going to have to learn how to do these things on your own right. before right. you can afford to pay somebody to do that kind of work. We're going to have to be able to shift. And also, I think we have to be at the forefront of shifts a lot, right? Because, I mean, streaming ESPN looked ridiculous at one point, right? Right. Or, or you know, Friday nights used to be pick up your pizza, go to Blockbuster, I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> Blockbuster used to be huge, and right. they laughed Net Netflix out of the Turned room. Turned Netflix down, actually. Right. And yeah. now, look, like, who doesn't have a Netflix? Right. right. It's true. And it's one of those things where if I don't watch Netflix for three months, I still don't cancel my subscription. Right. right. So, Most people don't. Right. And it's, it, it, that's, that's another thing, too. How do, you, how do you get into those kind of revenue streams where, <laughs> yeah. like, people are paying, regardless, a monthly thing for a lot of things that right. they might not even use most of the time? Yeah. It's true. Even, even as a real estate agent, when the metaverse first, the buzz first started coming mm -hmm. about the metaverse and Web3, the first thing I thought was, oh, how do I become a real estate broker in the metaverse? Yeah. Then like literally like a week later, I saw like these two high luxury agents where they were like such and such from so-and-so sold, you know, million dollar properties in the met first million dollar property in the metaverse. I'm like, ah, yeah. how do I do it? Right. And I still don't really know. Right. Because I know everything is based off blockchain right. and it's a lot to learn, but eventually all the things that, you know, are somewhat not dismissing. I think people know it's there, mm -hmm. it's coming, but you know, we'll, we'll have to adopt to it and we'll have to figure out how to be on the forefront of that, that change, that shift, oh, that, yeah. that, that innovation, right? Cause I mean, the world in, is based off innovation. Right? In the grand scheme of things, the internet is not that old. It's not, it's not, it's really not. I mean, honestly, I think it would be fun to get on my phone, you know, get into the metaverse Say, hey, you know, Friday night, let, I, I want Fat Tomato. Mm -hmm. You know, just get on there and virtually, literally go to Fat Tomato yeah. and in the virtual world and well, then pick it up. Well, and this is, where, this is where it gets interesting. Yes, you might be in the metaverse. Let's say you're hanging out with your friend. You want to meet somebody from right. that, that uh, friend of yours that lives clear across the country or across right. the globe. 
and you're going into a restaurant that you guys have gone to before and sitting down in front of each other with like, let, let's say some kind of lens on that right. you're seeing each other and you're literally sharing a meal together virtually having in a, a way. Having experience, right? Having that same experience. Well, you know, they did that. The Brooklyn Nets put all these 3D cameras all around their arena. So mm -hmm. basically you and me or me and my buddy Derek that lives in California or my buddy Rob lives in, in right. California or one of my buddies that live in Toronto, whatever, we can all go to Madison Square Garden and catch a basketball game and be sitting together courtside and on in top, the metaverse. on top of it, for Madison Square Garden or whoever's playing or whatever, they can sell unlimited amount unlimited of tickets. Amount of tickets. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's, it's like, crazy. yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, it's crazy. You know? Unless in the metaverse they wanted it to be like, well, this, these guys are like... I, Maybe I'll meet somebody who's also sitting on the wood with us. So I guess they would have to limit that. So really, they could do infinite space. But if they wanted to be real, I guess, you know, me and my buddy Rob are sitting right. here at the courtside the Lakers game because he lives in L.A. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I might meet this guy next to me and he might say, bro, you're a real estate broker. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, you never know. But the, the possibilities are right. somewhat. We don't endless. know how it's going to end up right. shaking out, but. It definitely is a uh, potential thing that you're probably going to want to be more educated about than not. Yeah, dude, we're definitely going to have a part two about the future, right? Um, speaking of that, you know, I'm interested, Eric. What are, what's your overall worldviews mm -hmm. uh, you know, when it comes to the present? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, because the landscape of things are, is just crazy all around, no matter which, like, from business to, to social, economics, I mean, you name it. Mm -hmm. we have, it's just crazy stuff going on. What's your just overall worldviews like? What does what does Eric think about? What 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 does Eric feel passionate about when it comes to society, mm -hmm. humanity, um, and what do you for how how do you view the foreseeable future? With as much as that's going on in the world these days, with everybody, you know, being up in arms about one thing or another, wanting to protest this thing or that thing. I never really get involved with that myself because there's only there's very few things in this world that I can control. Right. And one of them, and even sometimes it's not even that uh, possible to control, is myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's probably the best thing that I can do is, um, you know, manage myself and my immediate surroundings to be as you know good as they possibly can right uh with regards to the worldview out there it's like you know a lot of the things you see i don't know how much of it is just media manipulation right i don't know how much of it is true you know there's a lot i don't know what's good like for instance i've never been to the middle east i don't know what's going on out there and right. i don't know if what you're telling me is even true because like i'll never really go there so Facts. like how do i know what's going on right um it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to be so quick to judge. I don't want to be so quick to form an opinion about a lot of things because I really, at the core base, do not know. Right. The only things that I do know are the only things that I can somewhat control. Man, I love that outlook. I really do. Um, I think more people should think like that. It's just, it's things, I, well, I think as you get older, uh, <laughs> there are certain things that are not worth getting up in arms about. Right. And there are certain things that, yeah, okay, you have a cause that you really believe in or whatever you want to push, understood. But I think that's a very young man's game yeah. because the long term, that's not sustainable. You can't sure. be fighting every single day. You just can't. I would say that my mind, I started meditating this year more than ever. I try mm -hmm. to meditate every day. But my mind also got uh, substantially clearer. My headspace got more manageable mm -hmm. when... I totally 
stop watching the news. Mm. Like I used to watch certain news shows because I was like, oh, these are good. These are not like local news shows. They're, mm-hmm. These are talking about telling me about celebrities or it has good tips. But I totally cut the news out. Right? Yeah. No disrespect to the news and the media, but we are very driven by it. And they call it uh, news programs for a reason because it's programming us. Right? Yeah. So. You know, it, it gave me headspace. So that's why I, I, that's, I find that so insightful that you're like, literally, I don't know what's happening in the Middle East. I don't know what the media is telling me because, you know, we all know that every news station has their own agenda, whether mm-hmm. it's political, whether it's social, but they're pushing something, right? Everything, everything, I mean, everything somewhat ties back to money. Right? I mean, everybody always has some kind of agenda. Yeah, right. They like, do. Even us. Like yeah, if well, I'm in business with somebody or if I, if I put a certain menu item on a, uh, sell it. on a menu, it's because I think that it's going to sell right. and that's what I want to do. Like that's my goal. Right. And the same thing with whatever you put out there. Like if, if you feed your mind with all this, you know, stuff that's going on, sure. of course you're going to be driven crazy. Like, how could you not? Yeah, this is true. All right, man. So as we wrap up, I have three statements. I want you to finish these sentences, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This has been an awesome, 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 awesome show. And, uh, but I, you know, I just want people to know your thoughts. I want Mm -hmm. people to gain a lot of insight. So next year, I will be. Um, My goal for next year is to scale uh, Gourmet Gains, which is my meal prep company, to a million dollars in sales for the year. Um, that's, that's like my main goal for the year. Is health really important to you? Like I would what, say, yeah. Like, like cause why, why, why gourmet gains? Uh, because it's, uh, something I'm more passionate about gotcha. because ever since COVID happened, people are more conscious about, you know, their health. Sure. I was the same way. Um, and I, I would rather give a product that I know is actually healthy for people. We all know that eating out and eating at restaurants is like, it's not the healthiest of food. That's why it tastes so good. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're eating a lot of calories when you go and have right. a meal out. But I wanted to give something where it's like, you know, people are busier than ever too, but they need to eat real good, healthy food. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I wanted to provide. Well, I will say this, a shameless plug for you as me being, you know, a, a customer that, that loves your, your business. Um, when the pandemic first started, I got up to about 217 mm. and... Faithfully, gourmet games every week, picking up my food, because uh, you can't. And I was going back to the gym. I got I got a Peloton yep. and everything, but you cannot outwork your diet. Oh, I no. say it to people all the time. You cannot outwork your diet. So I do um, I do two meals a day. Mm-hmm. So I I, I I do intermittent fasting, so I don't eat breakfast. So right. from you, I would always pick up I think ten meals. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would say, hey, throw in two extra because I'm busy on Saturday. Because yep. the weekends was my time to eat freely. But, yeah, and there's no uh, shame in that. You know, but just changing those two meals a day you know, healthy portions, healthy, healthy meals. Now I'm right around 197, 198. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, cause I literally was like at a point where, you know, you get in the mirror or you're putting like a, like I had to put a suit on a suit jacket on, right. That After not putting it on for a while. I bet you that happened to a lot of people. It did. And I had custom suits, right. Yep. You know, and cause you know, fashion, I, I love my fashion stuff. And you're like, I spent on, all this money for what? Right. All and right. I never forget. Like, it was like, okay, people are going back out again. Yep. And I had a meeting to go to or a networking event. And I yep. put my jacket on. I was like, I can't even button this jacket. Something. I know. Because you don't notice it. You're no. home. You're enjoying life. You know, well, whatever. Yeah. If everyone's at home wearing sweatpants and gym clothes all yeah. day long, you don't feel the stretch. Yeah. You know? My sweatpants started fitting different. I was like, you know what? And then I remember I saw it on your Instagram. I said, bro, sign me up. And you, this was, it wasn't even out yet. You were like, it's coming. I was like, I don't, sign me up. Yeah. You were I like, need it. I'm ready. I need it. So faithfully picking up that. In five years, I will be. 
Hopefully in five years, uh, I have a uh, concept that I made ah, for my father. Like this. Um, and it, I fleshed it out pretty, pretty well. But like, hopefully I have like that being opened up soon. Because okay. I'd like to open up a restaurant. And the idea of it is, so my father died of cancer, yes. But I, I want to open up more places that are geared around where a portion of profits are given towards a cause. Gotcha. So like dining with a cause in mind That's pretty dope. all the time, not just like a random month here or there right. or anything like that. I'm talking like a solid, like, you know, percentage of the profits are given towards a cause. And I feel like people will be more on board for that kind of stuff because it leads to so many other like purpose. marketing opportunities. Yes, you're, you're doing business for a purpose. And that is a thing that you know, getting back into the entrepreneurial spirit, if you're not doing business for a purpose, right. if it's just for money, that won't last. It won't work. You like money is not the goal. The goal is like, you know, bettering lives basically Absolutely. in a way. Uh, if money is just all you want, well, you can do a lot of things for money. Right. Well, look, being an entrepreneur is hard enough. Right. right? Agreed. And I, like I said earlier, chase people, not money. When mm -hmm. you, chase people to help people and serve people, the money's gonna come. Um, I also do believe this, and this is something from Eric Thomas, he's one of probably my favorite motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. He says, the reason why we stop and we start and we stop and we start because the meaning isn't big enough. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, the meaning of money isn't enough. It's not. It's not as much as people, I mean look, I do agree, my other favorite speaker and one of my coaches, Les Brown said, and he quoted someone, I just don't remember who he quoted, but he said, hey, money, is, money isn't everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. And, that's the kind of the world we live in. But well, at the same time, I do think you have to be fueled by purpose. Right. Right. At the end of the day. So. Well, once you get up to a certain amount of money, too, that's enough. Right. For a lot of people. You it know? is. But look how many people are super wealthy and not happy. Right? Exactly. Because they're, they're, there's purpose missing. There's value right. missing. Right. I mean, we, you've, you've heard it before. Money doesn't buy you happiness. Doesn't buy you happiness. People don't. Buys you a lot of other things. People don't think like <laughs> that, though, until it's too late. Like, until they have it, then they realize, oh, yeah, this, right. this money was nothing. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Who was it? But it was so insightful. I loved it. The guy said, um, he said, listen, you know, a lot of people are striving for money and there's certain things they want. But here's the thing, if you're not happy without the money, you're not gonna be happy with it. Mm -hmm. This is from a billionaire. It was a, I just forget which billionaire it was because I listened to mm -hmm. podcasts all day long. He said, just like, you know, you're not gonna be happy with the luxury car if you're not happy without it. Happiness yeah. is from within, not from the things you're gonna get from out. And yeah. people forget that money is out, money's not in, right? Mm -hmm. We gotta be happy inside. Uh, another one of my favorite, favorite thoughts, uh, Myron Golden said this, he said, uh, most people uh, uh, love money and use people. He said, I use money to love people. Mm. You know, how deep is that? I love that. So I, I mean, I, I, it, I, I think like that all the time now. I get exactly what he's saying, too. Yeah. You want to better people's lives right. and lift other people up. You don't want it to just be on you because right. then, again, you're lonely at the top. What's yeah. the point of being there if you can't share it with people? And when he said that, he gave a good example that you can relate to. He said, for instance, during a pandemic, me and my wife would go to dinner to mm. our favorite restaurant. Obviously, they weren't getting as many people, short-staffed, right. and we had a favorite waitress there. Mm -hmm. So he said, I don't care if we just had two espressos and our bill was $10, we would leave her $250. Mm. He was like, because, you know, and we're doing well, right? He's, right. A, he's a business coach and stuff, but he said, because, you know, we use money to love people, mm -hmm. right? So we use our money to love her because that was our favorite restaurant and she was a great, a great server. So Good. big stuff. Last question. 
my impact to the world will be? Well, it's funny because uh, that guy's talking <laughs> about lifting up people. Right. Mine was, uh, I want to help improve the lives of those I interact with closely on a professional and personal level. So those that work for, with me professionally, I want to try and lift them up to the next level. And like, if they leave, good. I want to see you progress and do your own thing and, you know, be the best person that you can be. Absolutely. Um, and same thing with people personally. Like, it's like, you know, if, if you're a real true, you know, legit person, truthful, trust me, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help. Right. Uh, if someone is just a straight, honest person with them about it, like, and that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be someone that gives back, like even the things that I learned or know or the knowledge that I have through operating businesses and things like that, I would love to give that back. So man, I know you'll do it, man. I'm sure you will yeah. you're make an impact. You're making an impact already. And I'm sure people listening, you're making an impact too, man. Listen, man, I appreciate you so much for being on the show, bro. And Thank you know, you. I, I'll see you every week anyway. And um, look, tell everybody where they can find you how they can reach you, tell them about Fat Tomato, because mm -hmm. I, I, everybody needs to know about this place, and everybody needs to know how to, they can connect with you. If you're in Jersey, you can come to uh, the Fat Tomato. It's in West Berlin. You just visit uh, fattomatobistro.com, and all of our information is on there. Even for the, um, the Gourmet Gains, which is our uh, gluten-free meal prep, you can click on a link off of that website as well, uh, and all the information is online, you know. That's uh, that's pretty much it. It's uh, that's all I have. Are you on social media? Uh, yeah, we ha we have uh, Instagram. It's at uh, TFT Bistro is the uh, the tag that we have. Uh, same thing for Facebook and whatnot. Awesome. So awesome. And lastly, before we go, hmm. bro, who is your celebrity lookalike? Because I have somebody in mind. Oh. I'll tell you who I get all the time. Tell me who you get. Uh, and if I it's, get Rob Gronkowski boom, that's all probably, the time. That's probably, bro, that's exactly what I was thinking. I've people stop me in traffic, and they're like, are you Rob? I'm like, no, I'm not 6'4", my guy. Calm down. No, you're taller, though, man. But, I'm tall, but I'm not right. that big. Like, he's a big guy, dude. You know, you know it was funny because um, another, one, another one of my buddies was like, you know, so-and-so was like Rob Gronkowski. And I was like... And my boy Eric looks kind of like Rob Gronkowski. I've had people I mean, buy me drinks I because you, I look like, like does Rob. Does anybody tell you ever look like Rob yes. Gronkowski? All the time. It's hilarious <laughs> as you say that because like my cousins say it all the time too. It's like, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I appreciate the love. If you love the content, please like, subscribe, and share. Follow me on Instagram at realestateagent007. Uh, YouTube, Kenyon Hunter, the Evolution Ave podcast or Evolution Ave. And, um, you know, I hope you really enjoyed the episode, man. I really appreciate my man Eric. I had a great through. time. Yeah, excellent, man. We'll have That's you nice. on again. We're good. We got a lot to talk about, so Absolutely. I'll have you on again. Yeah. But in the meantime, y'all stay super blessed, and I'll see you next time.